Sup and welcome to the Run In Wrestling Podcast. Make sure before we get into it, you're checking us out on all the socials. It's Run In Wrestling everywhere. If you are on YouTube, make sure you're leaving us a like. Subscribe if you're new around here. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, make sure you're letting us know how we're getting on. You can tweet us by doing that at Run In Wrestling. And make sure you're leaving us a review because it all helps and goes a very long way. Right, so... Streaks were broken, Bray Wyatt is woken, Dana White was in the crowd, John Cena was in the crowd, and the new Raw Tag Team Champion was also in the crowd. It was silly, it was fun, it had highs, it had lows, but one thing you could not call WrestleMania was boring. Now that I've had time to sleep on it, I feel a little bit okay to talk about it. I'm Ryan Peak from Run In Wrestling, and a not-so-happy Rusev Day to my guest, Ben. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, my name's Ben. I'm from the Roll Up Report, and you can find me on Twitter at rollup underscore report. And I'm absolutely shattered from last night. Yeah. Um, I just still feel this emptiness at the moment. I don't feel as though like like the the morning after of NXT or the afternoon because I got up in the afternoon because we're on the UK time. Um, I felt. Great. I felt as though I just watched a great night of wrestling. I felt my energy went to the right place. But I still feel like right now I'm still waiting for something to happen, even though the show has ended. That in like you could like construe that as brilliant booking from WWE though, because it's gonna make everyone want to tune into Raw, everyone wants to tune into SmackDown for answers to the questions that we haven't really got yet. Um Well, well, we're going to be speaking about these questions, and I completely agree. I think for WWE, they have left so many open doors for people to go and watch Raw and SmackDown Live this week, and I think their numbers are going to be so high. I think there are definitely going to be improvements to the builds to WrestleMania, which which they are going to be anyways, but I think they're going to do some big numbers just because I think a lot of people are going to be like I want to know what's happening in this story or this story or this story yeah I completely agree with you because we normally see (coughs) Wrestlemania as the big payoff we normally see Wrestlemania as storylines ending and then the Raw and Smackdowns afterwards is where new ones start and we start looking forward to next year's not this time not in a no. few of the matches, but we'll, we'll come to those in a bit. Let's start off where we started off yesterday, and we, that was with the pre-show, which, by the way, if you didn't know, the WWE Network is still free <laughs> for the first for 30 days if you're a new subscriber. That means you get the greatest they... Royal Rumble as well. Yes, you do it, actually. Which they didn't really advertise too much. They just kind of kept it on WrestleMania, but, I mean, we was at <laughs> WrestleMania, so it doesn't surprise me. Um... Yeah, so let's start off with the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal. There were no returns, no NXT stars, which sucked because uh, when we spoke about our predictions uh, on the on this podcast, we, we said that we could see Killian Dane. We said the loser of the NXT match possibly showing up. We said Adam Cole possibly just because um, he's the workhorse. He did it at the Royal Rumble. Um, but no, we had no one. It was really sort of disappointing to see no one make a surprise appearance. I mean, one thing we've had in the past few years is in the men's uh, battle royal, you've always had individual entrances, and this time we were just greeted with 30 men in the ring, and it just seemed... didn't really seem like WWE cared about it. I don't know if you felt no. the same. Um, I'll completely agree. 
it was it was just it was the thing is I, I said this to you last night when we were talking and I said with the battle royals it, it just seems as though I, I don't care until they get to like the final four or five people but like it had its fun moments you had uh, R-Truth dancing in the ring before being chucked out by Goldust Goldust then hit a dab and then he got chucked out um, my prediction for this was the revival which they went out I think midway through, so I wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> uh, who was your? I had Big Cass, and you yeah. know, no returns. So exactly. <laughs> um, Dallas, who features on the podcast, had Mark Henry. So, I mean, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so realistically, I had the best chance, and that you know ended halfway through. But uh, in the end, we were down to Corbin, Mojo, and uh, Mister Woken, Matt Hardy. And from that point, I was kind of like, no, Matt Hardy is winning because no way are they crowning a two-time Andre the Giant Battle Royal this soon. I thought maybe down the line, and I think they have to kind of leave a gap for it. But um, I didn't, I, I, I completely forgot Bray Wyatt. And when he showed up, that's when I was like, yes, this makes sense. I'm so happy. But I think even WWE got a bit confused about this because when Matt Hardy, in the end, did chuck Baron Corbin over, the the final entrant, it took a while for the bell to ring. And I was like, wait, is Bray Wyatt in this match or is he not? And then the bell rung and I was like, no, okay, Bray's with Matt. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't really know what to expect when Bray turned up because I looked at it and I thought, well, if he throws Matt out here and continues that feud, one, what was the point of the ultimate deletion? And yeah. two, we're going to end up with Mojo or Corbin winning it again. Um, it does kind of make sense to see him now team. Um, do we see a stable of three with Jeff Hardy included? Do we just see them as a tag team? It's, it's a funny one. It really is. Like I don't. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this story goes with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt because I feel like the chemistry that they've got together and the characters they are, they could really, really liven up the Raw tag team division. Yeah, I think, um, well, especially with who they've got to face for the tag titles now, um, I think with uh, Matt Hardy, I think I don't know how many years left he's got in him, but I genuinely think possibly now Jeff might have a singles run and then join the Woken Universe somewhere down the line. And I think that would be the perfect way for them to do it, rather than him join the Woken Universe and then eventually break off. So I mean, One thing I would want to sort of note is that at the... Um greatest Royal Rumble I've seen advertised that it's Matt and Jeff versus the Raw Tag Team Champions so do you think that will change now to Matt and Bray Wyatt or well, it always, it's so subject to change so possibly yeah. and the thing, the, the thing is apparently somewhere down the line I can't remember what but people were saying at some point they saw Bray versus Matt at, at a, either a, a show or a pay-per-view and I can't remember which one it was but honestly Matt was so good at the end. He got everyone to applaud Bray Wyatt. He they had their moment in the ring where Bray's on his knees and Matt's standing above him. Mm. And I think it was I think all of the pre show was great in the end, but we'll get onto that. So let's move on to the cruiserweights. Um we had Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. Um and it was a good match. It was a really good match. It was it wasn't what they normally do on 205. 
And I think where they keep cutting away for adverts, I think this is what ruined it for me. But in the end, a couple of great Spanish flies from both participants and uh, Cedric Alexander picks up the win. Yeah, I mean, it really did disappoint me the way that they just distracted from the match and focused on adverts. They focused a lot on John Cena in the crowd. Um, I thought this match was brilliant, personally. Uh, it's just a shame that WWE don't believe in their cruiserweights. You know, they've given it such a big build-up. Um, I could understand them putting it on the pre-show. Something's got to drop down. But at least put it on the pre-show and give it attention. Don't put it on the pre-show and completely distract away from it and focus on everything else. That ruined it for me, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we will come back to the the actual match, but how good was it that John Cena was in the crowd? Because I thought they, were, they wouldn't actually do it. I genuinely thought, as WWE, they were probably just going to let him sit out the back. But he, they did... He was in the crowd. He seems as though he was having a beer, but I'd imagine it it looked more like apple juice to me. I'm just <laughs> being critical here. There was a pregnant woman sat next to him. Yeah. So that was weird. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I thought it was really cool having him in the crowd, but it just they kept going to him. You don't need to do that. We understand John Cena's in the crowd. You know, you don't need to keep diverting like back to him, back to the match, back to him, back to the match. You know, this went on for pretty much the whole pre-show, and if I'm not wrong, maybe the first two matches, first three yeah. matches on the main card. It, I, I don't think I would have minded, but he pulled the same face every single time. Yeah. Literally, his normal I'm surprised face was the exact same every time, but um, seeing him run up the ramp later on <laughs> was definitely worth the payoff. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, go back to the cruiserweights. The it was good. I really enjoyed it. I'm a little bit salty that Cedric won because I think Mustafa Ali has a bigger fan base, and I think you could have built Two Hundred Five Live more around Mustafa Ali. But Cedric, to be fair, Cedric was meant to get this title shot with what before what happened with Enzo More, and I think that was meant to be his payoff. So I think they've just said to him, okay, well, we can't give you the title straight away. Why don't you have your WrestleMania moment? So therefore, I'm not that disappointed. No, no, I think I think you're right. I think it was good to build to having the moment at WrestleMania. I think it also helped showcase a lot more of the Cruiserweight division in doing so. Um, you know, you've seen Buddy Murphy, um, Mustafa Ali, you know, he's, he's come on a hell of a lot through this tournament, I think. And a lot more people are now behind him. Um, and I feel like 205 Live this year is going to grow and grow and grow. But, yeah. and this might be a controversial opinion, I feel like it might have to sort of come across onto one of the main shows to stand out. I feel like going out, having to have people go out their way to watch it, it's just a bit bit of hassle, really. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's where do they go with it next? Because the thing is, you can, you can keep it on 205 Live on the WWE Network. But that's the thing. If, if they do have matches on... it's It can really only be on Raw. And if it is on Raw, is it every week? Is it every now and then? It's it's a very much... A, I don't have an answer to this because I don't know what I'd want to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe not having it so late after SmackDown. Maybe having it like a Friday night or weekend show. Having a sort of hour maybe two hour cruiserweight show where you can have a tag team uh, cruiserweight tag team title showcase the UK title a little bit more um, I, I just feel like they need to do something different with 205 Live in my opinion 
Yeah, and this could be something we're working towards. I know there's a lot coming up for the rest of the year because they've got they advertise quite a lot to come, but we'll um we'll see. Let's move on to the final match on the pre-show, and that was the women's battle royal. Um, it was weird because Becky got an entrance, then literally the seventeen others had no entrance, including eventual winner Naomi, NXT stars, which I was really happy about. Um, and then we got entrances for Bailey and Sasha. And I was like, right, well, okay. I know what's going to happen here. The highlight's going to be on Sasha and Bailey, And then Becky's going to win. Cool, I'm happy with that. But nope. I think it had such a great start with Carmella being thrown out. Mm. The NXT girls revolting against the main roster girls. Um, just to mention their names, uh, some of the... Um, NXT stars that they had, uh, Kairi Sane, Kavita Devi, uh, Tainara Conti, Bianca Belair, Dakota Kai, um, and that was it. But they are some of the, they're not the ones that are coming through NXT at the moment, but aren't fully showcased, which I'm still quite happy about because I knew who all of them were. Yeah. Yeah. And how cool was, uh, Bianca Belair's spot where she used her hair? And made it sound like a kendo stick as well. That was brilliant. And really honestly, like they sold that really well on commentary. Beth Phoenix was arguing with Corey Graves. And it was probably the best bit of commentary Beth Phoenix has done since she's been doing it with Mixed Match Challenge. So, yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, in the end, we got down to what we thought was the final two. Um, of... Uh, Bailey versus Sasha in the end. Uh, Bailey throws Sasha over, and he's like, "Well, I've won." And then in the end, Naomi's like, "Ha ha, nope, I was just chilling on the outside," which I think is a bit of a cop out. But in the end, uh, Naomi hits the I don't know what that bum thing finisher is called drive by. <laughs> I don't know. Um, bum thing. <laughs> well, she just launches her bum in the air at someone's face. I want to hear you call a Naomi match, and when she hits it, go bum thing. <laughs> Something. Oh, like when Corey Graves shouts Kinshasa for uh, for uh, Shinsuke, but I'm going yeah. bunting. <laughs> be great. I love it. God. But I thought it was random having Naomi win it. Like, it's just... if you had money on Naomi to win it beforehand, then fair play to you. Oh, there was a lot of money won last night. I think with the bookies. It was very smart booking because Naomi didn't get her own entrance. Yeah. She was she was part of them lot and we should have really took this as an indication that the rest of the card wasn't going to be what we thought it was. And yeah, we'll get onto that in a minute. And I think that's that that should have been our first clue really, where we should have been like, one minute, something's gonna happen here tonight. Um but I'm just kind of really shocked about how the trophy still looks like a, 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 a female's insides. I've not really thought about it like that, I must admit. Someone put it on Twitter and put the the scientific diagram and I couldn't agree more. And I just thought whoever came up with that design is either a massive sexist or just absolutely went, oh, yeah, this looks good. And then didn't really think about what it looks like. While we're on the topic of female genitalia, did you see that Natalia ripped her crotch when she got eliminated and had a little... Uh... A little slip. Oh, oh, her trousers. Yeah. I thought you meant her like her actual vagina parts. I was like, what? <laughs> no, that's horrible. 
<laughs> no, Ow! No. Her attire just ripped and... To be fair, they are, it is like really tight what she wears. Mm. So, but yeah, that was me. different. <laughs> right, let's get on to the uh, main card then. As soon as we've taken 15 minutes to do the first three matches, this is going to be fun. Um, let's go for the Intercontinental. Let's start off there. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated The Miz via pinfall to defeat Finn ba- uh, to fi- bleh, to defeat uh, Finn and Miz. Now we had a. I only want to touch on this quickly. We had a discussion as well that Finn Balor has now become a symbol of gay pride or the LGBT community within WWE. So we kind of... And and I just randomly thought of this, of Finn Balor... It's not well known if Finn Balor has a wife or kids. I don't know, but from his social media, I'm presuming he doesn't. If, If Finn Balor is gay... Would this be the perfect representation of WWE being like, okay, well, why don't you be the representation for it, and in the end, you can announce it? Yeah, I think I'd be really down with it. I think we had was, was it Sonya Deville as well who, yeah, she wore, had, yeah, yeah. But I, I like the discussion we had about the representation of the demon, uh, the 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 demon character of being life before he knew he was gay and having to keep inside darkness uh, not really being able to be who he is himself and then coming out and now we get original Bala who we see every week who is open with his sexuality and upfront about it I mean we both said that at the same time, which was quite weird. Yeah. Do you think do you think they could go down that route or is that just us speculating? I think I think that it could, it could be something that he thought about because it could have just been his idea. Yeah. But at the same time, it probably is just us speculating. <laughs> I mean, so, what did you think yeah, of the match? Really good match. I thought it was blockbuster after blockbuster, not just the blockbusters in the the move. I meant as in everyone just kept trying to hit their finishers. I if if. If you'd asked me midway through the match who I thought was going to win from there on, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Because the pure fact is, The Miz came out, sent The Miz Tourage away, which was mm. great. He came out looking like a mix of um, uh, the Velveteen Dream and... I can't even remember what the film is now. Um, I can't remember what the film is. But he looked, like <laughs> the, he looked a little bit like the Velveteen Dream with his glasses and headband. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seth Rollins had an amazing entrance and Finn Balor obviously had that amazing entrance with everyone behind him um, the actual match um, it received this is awesome chance from the crowd um, there was that other moment again where there was a superplex that was going to go into the Falcon Arrow but Finn Balor rolled Seth up um, there was a skull crushing finale on Rollins straight after but could only get two but in the end, it was um, the Miz hit. He's a skull crushing finale from the top rope. Finn Balor broke it up with a coup de gras. Um, and then shortly after, um, it seemed as though there was going to be another um, coup de gras from Finn onto the Miz. But in the end, Ron is snuck in um, to hit his finisher, the stomp on Balor. One, two, three. Oh, sorry, no, Stomp on Bala, then pinned, yeah, sorry, Stomp on Bala, Stomp on Miz, and then, sorry, I'm messing up my notes, Um, (laughs) and then got the pin, and we had that beautiful moment 
of Seth Rollins swinging a title around his head. I'm happy. You know what? I was kind of hoping that when he was doing that, he'd let go and he'd hit someone in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Massive claim there. there but yeah, I, I was really happy with the match. Um, I was happy that Miz took the fall. I kind of expected Balor to win going into it. Yeah, but I was happy with the. I was happy with any outcome of that match as long as it was a good match, and I feel like it was. You know, it was probably one of the better matches of the night. Um, obviously. Now we're probably expecting the Miz to go off of TV for a while to spend some time with his daughter. Yeah. So, do you think the feud will now continue with Rollins versus Balor? Um, I don't know because I'm still I'm a little bit salty. I predicted that. Um, I I predicted Finn was going to win because I thought it's his first WrestleMania. He's going to get his WrestleMania moment, and I just kind of feel like I feel like they're going to go down this story now, where Finn Balor. Is a bottle job, but obviously they're not going to put it in those terms. But um, <laughs> he's going to be the Tottenham of WWE. Um, he's going to get to like these big matches and just absolutely flop. Because if yeah. you think about it, ever since he's had, he's had uh, a couple of uh, title matches, um, and he just hasn't won any of them. So ever since, obviously, he came back, and I think, do I want? No, do you know what? I don't want him in the Intercontinental title picture. I want him with Balor Club. I want him... I want there to be a faction. I want them to actually play on this. I don't want it to be Finn Balor and the club, and every now and then they are Balor Club. Yeah, I don't like the name Balor Club, though. I feel like... I don't know. It just feels like, oh, we're part of Balor Club. We're all just fans of Finn Balor. Yeah, it all seems a bit too much around him, in a way. But yeah. we'll see what happens on uh, Raw tonight then. Um, next was the probably my biggest, the biggest shock of the night. And it was the SmackDown Women's Championship of Charlotte Flair ending the streak of Oscar. Now, before I let Ben run on about this, because I know he's probably urging to... Um, I'll just quickly mention some of the things that happened. Um, obviously, we, we lost the streak, which um, dates back to October 2015, so over three years now. It was a big spot match. There was plenty, um, including Oscar intercepting a moonsault by catching Charlotte into a triangle choke. There was a Spanish fly from Charlotte on Oscar, which looked absolutely amazing and looked just as good, if not better, than the cruiserweights. Um, there was a suplex on off the apron and uh, onto the floor from Oscar to Charlotte. Um, but there was an absolutely big pop, as I said, for that Spanish fly. And in the end, we see Charlotte hit a spear and then applied a figure eight leg lock to produce a tap out from Oscar, which I really didn't expect and now i'm going to leave ben for the rest of the show to run on <laughs> the rest of the show it just it aggravates me that they've taken the streak away so early you know we've had this build um and this aura presented around Oscar that she's this great wrestler and she's what 261 and oh or whatever it was um she's not even been in the wwe a year and they you know they've had to win the royal rumble they've had to win the mixed max mixed match challenge They've had to do all these big things, and they've just taken it away. For what? 
Charlotte's over. We don't need to try and get Charlotte over even more. Everyone knows how great of a wrestler Charlotte is. So, for what benefit have they done this? Um, I feel like it would have been better to have Asuka face Alexa, um, have her win the title. You know, she hasn't even won a, a main roster title yet. Let that sink in. She's had a streak taken away without even winning a main roster title. It just doesn't make sense. Um, they should have tried to drag this out a little bit more, build to the match next year, and maybe then lose the streak. But it's just too premature, in my opinion. You know, now for me, Oscar feels a little bit weak, and you couldn't pit her, pit her in a match against Rousey and make it feel as legit as it would be if she still had the streak. And I feel like Charlotte doesn't even feel like a competitor who could compete with Rousey going off of Rousey's performance last night. So now we're left with sort of like Rousey a head and shoulders above everyone else. And I don't know, I just, I just, oh, it aggravates me so much, mate. Well, it really does. These are going to be some of the... I'm going to ask a few questions in a minute. But overall, what a match. What an yeah. amazing match that was. I think... It was probably the match of the night in terms of wrestling. In terms of in story my opinion. as well, because it just... Yeah. It, because at no point did anyone think, oh, Oscar looks as though she's met her maker. Everyone just kind of thought, okay, Charlotte's really pushing Oscar to the edge, but Oscar will turn this around, she always does. But it, it I think even if Charlotte had lost she would have looked very strong coming out of this match. Mm. I mean, I thought the match could have gone a little bit longer as well. It only went like 12 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to get up I, the... I just thought... I'm going to get up the uh, timings now, because um, that's one thing that I forgot to do. Um, so, okay, one question. Ronda Rousey now on Raw, obviously. Oscar, yep. does she... Is she now a SmackDown star, or is she still a Raw talent? See, that's we don't really know what she's going to do now. I thought her challenging Charlotte would mean that she'd win the title and stay on SmackDown, but she's lost, so does she go back to Raw? Because if she goes to SmackDown, who's going to come over from SmackDown to Raw? Mm. It just, this, like we said earlier, there's so many questions unasked, unanswered. So, so this match <clears throat> went on for 13 minutes and 5 seconds. Yeah, I just feel like you could have got an extra five minutes out of it easily. Yeah. Because um, I felt like it ended a bit prematurely. I don't know about you. I think that's kind of what they were going for because we were all just kind of like, okay, well, there's the figure four. I didn't think she was going to hit the bridge. And as soon as she bridged, that's when I kind of sat up and was like, wait a minute. And then she tapped and I sat there and went, oh, my <laughs> God. And honestly, that is the moment when Vince McMahon goes, you didn't think I was going to break the streak this year? Fuck you. Honestly, we got absolutely trolled by Vince How do you think Triple H feels about it? Because Oscar <laughs> was his, his sort of baby. You know, something he's developed in NXT, brought it up to the main roster, made feel incredibly legitimate. This, this is what and... kind of gets me, is if they're going to be something on NXT they should be the same on on the main roster at least for a little bit because then at least the casual fans who don't watch NXT can start um believing in it and start feeling the same emotions as those 
who did it in NXT yep. and those who go from NXT to the main roster and the fans who watch NXT can then feel those emotions all over again and it still feels fresh, it still feels new. And I think that's what the same with Triple H is. I think he's going to be like, well, I kind of wish he had more of a push because the fans probably would have wanted more. But, yeah. Um, I've got one final question. Um, or it's kind of a statement. So, before this match, someone tweeted me. I think it was one of our regular tweeters, Bree. She normally tweets everything about wrestling. Um, but thank you for getting involved if you are listening in. Um, and and she said that the Smoothie King Center had already ruined the ending and that Carmella was going to cash in. And I thought, well, it's not going to be a successful cash in. Oscar's not going to mm. lose. And I looked it up. And so the Smoothie King Center, where they are Tuesday, um, actually did has advertised that there's going to be a SmackDown Women's Championship match, Charlotte versus Carmella. Sorry, spoilers if uh, whatever. I don't care. Um <laughs> And I just kind of thought, well, it's subject to change. They probably just kind of wanted to keep it kayfabe and just not give away WrestleMania ending. But no, we could actually see Carmella cash in this Tuesday. I just don't think it makes sense for her to cash in. Like, she got made to look extremely weak yesterday as well. But then that's why I think it would have been, it would have, it would have been pointless her doing it yesterday, because I think in that battle royal she lasted all of ten seconds. And then I think for her to come out and ha- cash in and it not be successful, I think would have really damaged her. So, mm. I, I, what, what I would like is on SmackDown for Charlotte to have a match and then Carmella to have an unsuccessful cash in, but get in a lot of offense. And it makes Carmella look strong as a heel and makes Charlotte look strong coming out of it. Yeah. Right, let's yes. move on to the US match in which we, again, got absolutely trolled because we had <laughs> the modern-day Maharaja, I can't even bother to say that properly, um, <laughs> pin our beloved Rusev during Rusev Mania. So let, let me just run through, and then yet again I'm going to let Ben just go loose on this one um, because he's actually happy this happened. Um so we had Rusev Day chance. Um, we the entrances were just meh, like nothing special from anyone. But I guess it was the US title. No one really cares. Uh, Jinder had his hair up, which I think he kind of looks better than when he has it down. Yeah, it suited him a lot better, I think. Exactly. Um, so we had uh, some help from Sunil Singh on the side, which. I'm quite glad he didn't play too much in. But, one question. Aiden English, he had hair in the Battle Royal. I thought that. I didn't know if it was just my mind playing tricks with me, but I've, I've gone back and checked it out, and he definitely had a haircut between the Battle Royal and that match. He looks better bald, in my opinion. Um, and well, I can't wait for the story for that to come out. It's just going to be one of those niche stories that I'm going to like hearing. But, overall, it wasn't a bad match. It could have had some better technical wrestling, but it just kind of seemed as though everyone was trying to hit their finishers, which I kind of feel bad about because it doesn't show the the how many moves, the, the range of moves that each competitor had. But in the end, um, yeah, as I said, Sunil Singh was on the side. Rusev ends up kicking him. Um, Mahal then... Uh, Gets in to hit the Kalas, one, two, three. Um, 
and everyone was pissed off except Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy with this. Um, Jinder Mahal is the best heel in the company right now, I think. <clears throat> You've got Reigns and uh, Lesnar who get booed, but that's not because of their character, that's because of their in-ring style and, you know, how they're forced upon you. Jinder Mahal, what they did with him last night was perfect. They had him pinned the most over guy in the company on the grandest stage of them all where everyone expected him to win okay everyone thought Rusev was going to win after being put into the match so late and they had Mahal pin him in the middle of the ring okay and generate an incredible amount of heat everyone on Twitter was in uproar about it they were so disappointed that Rusev had lost and so angry with Mahal winning and that's what heel does that is a heel we don't see enough of it these days Jinder Mahal is the last true heel in WWE, in my opinion. On the main roster. And yeah, in on the main roster, you know, you've obviously got some great people down in NXT. But it's it's brilliant. It really is. I think the rebirth of Jinder Mahal in the last year is probably one of the best things happened to WWE in the last twelve months. I'm happy that... it's the US title because the right. This didn't work with the main title because it was not believable. I'm happy that this is the US title because it's believable. He is a mid-carder. He's not a main eventer. I'm sorry for those who really like him. I don't believe him to be a, a, a the big belt holder, but he is a fantastic heel for that mid-card. And the thing is, who do you have as a mid-card heel at the moment? Oh, Baron Corbin. Yeah, because everyone generates pure <laughs> hate for him. People make fun of him not pure hate for him, whereas Jinder has pure hate on him. Um, and I think it's kind of kept this balance with heels to faces, because if you think about it, the Universal Champions heel, the WWE title is a face, the Intercontinental's face, the United, the United States is heel. Raw tag team, I'm saying, Braun is face, just because he's so over, and now the SmackDown tag team is heel. So it just kind of keeps this balance between the two. Yeah, I agree. And the one question coming out of this that is sort of a little bit up in the air is where does Bobby Roode go now? Because I he didn't really get a lot. I honestly, so we we said this in our um, where the superstar shakeup will go um, a couple of ones ago. So we discussed this a couple of podcasts ago on where we thought the superstar shakeup would take uh, some of the competitors. We said five from Raw, five from SmackDown, and where they should go. And one of the names on there was Bobby Roode. Now, Raw doesn't seem to have a heel mid carder, especially now that the Miz is probably going to take some time off. But this could be where Bobby Roode and or Randy Orton goes. Move them over to Raw. Turn them a heel. Bobby Roode was better as a heel on NXT. Randy Orton's best work has been when he was a heel. Let them do that. That's where they can go forward. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Completely agree. Let's move on to the mixed tag match in which we saw the debut of Ronda Rousey. And it was amazing. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie had a, their trike entrance again. But they had all female riders, which I thought was really good. Kurt Angle came out and had the... You suck. He had the gold medal around him. Standard. Ronda Rousey's entrance. Brilliant. I think her her entrance, because she's wearing the uh, Piper jacket and she wore like a mini kilt skirt. 
like a mm. pleth skirt type thing. Um, was good. My only thing with Ronda's outfit is she has she had to move it quite a lot during the match. Yeah, she was like making she a lot of adjustments. She had to pull her shorts down. She had to pull her shirt down at one point, and I just kind of thought that surely can't. If this keeps happening, it's going to be something that everyone's going to pick up on, and it's something that fans will make fun of. Yeah, how long till we get a nip slip or something like that? <laughs> well, exactly. This is what I'm worried about, and the thing is, you don't want the baddest woman in w- in in the world to then have something flash out during a wrestling match. Yeah, I mean, um, can we just on. sort of go off on a little bit of a tangent? How great did Stephanie McMahon look? See, this is, I, I, I have a problem, but I don't with this. She was very good. She played a very good part. But I think she got a bit too much offence in for me to mm. think of Ronda as that type of character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Um, let, me break, let me break down. There was just so much that happened in this. Uh, just to start with, there was so much cheating from Stephanie and Triple H. Um, it was so much psychology from uh, the heel of Stephanie McMahon. Um, prevented her from get from getting the tag because it started with Angle and um, Triple H. Eventually, there was a hot tag, and uh, she she f- went to flip Stephanie into the ring. But I think she dragged her in, which looked very painful. This is my only thing about Ronda so far, is some of the... She just needs tweaking a little bit, because there's some stuff that I think she's doing a bit too aggressively. I don't know if it was and... because she was doing it with Stephanie McMahon, it looked a bit rough. That's one note I would want yeah. to throw in there. Fair enough. Um, either way, she proved her worth. Um she even had a moment where she was in the ring with Triple H um, and even lifted him up for her. I don't really know. <laughs> it's not a Samoan drop because she turns. It's so like a know. sort of, it looks like it, it's like a reverse F5 because it, it sort of goes into a cutter, doesn't it? Like a Yeah, yeah, really in know. a way. Um, either way, um, in the end... Um, there was a bit where Rousey had Stephanie in... Uh, oh, went to pin Stephanie after she did that. And then Triple H pulled Ronda to the outside. Which I think this match did enough. Where you had Triple H and Ronda attacking each other. That it didn't feel uncomfortable in this day and age. Mm. So I'm quite happy about that. Um, but the finish was great. They had Ronzi and Angle each powering out of the pedigree. Uh, Angle lifting Triple H over to the side. Um, and then in the end, uh, an armbar on Stephanie McMahon, uh, which she struggled to get in all night because Stephanie had her own lock. Which again, it kind of made me feel a bit... It didn't feel as though we had the former UFC champion. It just kind of felt as though we had someone like Sonya Deville. So... It added its goods and positive, but overall, this was an amazing match. There was great psychology from everyone. Kurt made me feel a little bit uncomfortable because he still, he still got it, but he still looks as though he needs some sort of surgery somewhere because he looks yeah. as though he's still limping, but I'm not sure what. But overall, amazing. Um, and before I just get your opinion, this match went on 
for 20 minutes and 40 seconds and was the longest match of the night. I didn't feel like it. No, I thought this match was probably the most entertaining match of the night. Um, I think Rousey looked good for a first match. You know, she's only going to get better with experience and, you know, this is a first ever match and she looked really good in my opinion. Stephanie looked hot as always and she actually did really well in the ring, I thought. Um, Helped us play a part and Triple H didn't really do a lot. I feel like he was left out a little bit. Him and Angle were all right when they had their little bit in the ring, but other than that, Triple H didn't seem to sort of have a lot of influence on the outcome of the match. Um, Kurt Angle he as well. He didn't. Yeah. He because he pulled Ronda away at one point. He pulled the ref away at one point, and, and there was that whole psychology of Triple H distracting the ref while Stephanie attacked Ronda in some ways. Which I thought was good, and at the same time, I think there was no need for Triple H. Do you know what I mean? This was meant to be purely based on Ronda versus Stephanie, but with Kurt Angle and Triple H thrown in there. Yeah, I think they did that just to make the work look better. Because yeah, if you just had Stephanie and Ronda, fucking, it would have been a shit show, in my opinion. It- but then we wouldn't have had the psychology of it. And if there's one thing that we that has always been said in the history books, it's that the McMahons know the psychology of wrestling. Yeah. And this this honestly proved it. Um, I forgot to mention, before this, uh, or quite a few before this, when we had Charlotte versus Oscar, at the end of the match we had um, Oscar say, Charlotte was ready for Oscar, which I kind of feel a bit bitter about because... I just feel like that that should just go now. So they should have just left it. Mm. Um, Charlotte went up the ramp and then we saw a ref run down. I thought that was the cash-in moment. So again, if that was well planned by WWE, well done. We see a ref go over to John Cena. John Cena runs up the stage and he is now a meme again. <laughs> I thought this would have been better at the end of maybe the US title match. I feel like it was placed wrong. Um, it took away from the victory and the end of the streak. That's my yeah, two cents on I th- it. I think with how significant it was, I agree. But I think they did it because of how it may have looked as though it was a cash-in. Yeah. So, um, well, following the mixed tag match, we had the SmackDown tag team match. And I really don't want to spend too much time on this because it, it, it felt it's pointless. You could Again, I could kind of tell what was going to happen in a way, because the Bludgeon Brothers had a good entrance because uh, Harper and Rowan both had masks rather than just it being Rowan. The New Day had a great entrance with midgets. So or, weird. Sorry, small, small people as pancake people. <laughs> and Jimmy and Jay just had a normal New Day entrance, which I kind of felt a bit yeah. meh about. And it was only a 5 minute 50 match. It was the third shortest match on the card which if you think for how good we thought this could be it, it, it leaves me with a bitter taste in some ways because this was meant to be Jimmy and Jay's the the Usos big Wrestlemania moment but at the same time is I knew the Bludgeon Brothers were going to win I guess they can now say that they've been on the main card and they can come back to this they've got like at least another 10 years in them the Usos and they could easily say well we haven't had our Wrestlemania moment yeah so, oh this match 
Yeah, I don't want to talk about it too much. My name's Luke Harper, and I like foam hammers. My name's Eric Rowan, and I also like foam hammers. Let's be tag team champions. (laughs) And and Rowan, if anything, is a bit of a gimp because he likes masks as well, so... I'll 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 sum up what I'm going to say later on once we've spoken about the Raw Tag Team title match. I'll leave it till then. Cool. Let's move <laughs> on then to what happened with Cena and The Undertaker. So, I thought this was great in in some ways. And I hated this when I went to bed last night. But now I've had time to reflect on it and a discussion with yourself uh, last night. And kind of myself this morning. Speaking to myself in the mirror, like, no, it was a good match. No, it wasn't like that. Um, so we obviously had Cena in the ring come out, and we was just, and the lights went off. Oh no, sorry, we had the ref run in, and he goes, uh, uh, like, basically the Undertaker isn't here, which I just kind of thought, well, why the fuck would you tell him he is? Um, then lights go off. Elias comes down to the ring. Cena goes back to his seat. Elias insults the crowds. Cena gets in a lot of offense. And then he goes to walk back up. I think gets quite near to the top. Lights go out. Gong hits. Hat, gloves and coat are in the ring. Lightning hits them. They're gone. (laughs) Which I kind of didn't get. Because then the Undertaker came out in that stuff. Which I'm really baffed about. Because I don't know whether that was meant to be a symbolism to last year. Or what. But um, he came out in the traditional dead dead man gear, um, and it was a squash match. Um, but Undertaker moved great. He looked amazing, a lot better than last year. He started off with an old school. He ended up um, finishing it, um, obviously on a tombstone. Um, and the match was, I think, two minutes and forty-five. It was the shortest match. On the card. I thought it was Vintage Taker. And you know. Beforehand I didn't want it to happen. I thought Undertaker retired last year. He's done. Don't bring him back. Like, I was at WrestleMania last year. And. Everyone. Ev- bit so- if everyone, you're a bit salty. <laughs> a little bit. But everyone had kind of just accepted that Undertaker was, had retired. Like walking out of the building last year. Everyone was just upset. of people crying. And it was just like. If you're going to go out. Let it go out like that. People cared. Now you yeah. brought him back, I wasn't too sure about it, but the way he moved, he looked brilliant. I really hope that this is a build to a match next year. Um, this is just sort of like a way of saying, oh, look, I'm I'm still about, like, I'm the Undertaker, I'm going to be here for another few years, um, I can still go, here's a little bit of what I can do, I'm going to squash, uh, squash John Cena now, and then next year we'll have a career versus career, career versus title match. Um, give the Undertaker another 12 months to get himself in shape for that match, and hopefully next year we'll we'll see a longer match and yeah. maybe maybe the Undertaker will retire. This is honestly what to, again beforehand I wouldn't have wanted to see him. Afterwards I was a bit pissed off at how quick it was, but now this morning reflecting on it and reflecting on what we spoke about last night and uh, to emphasize what you've just said. If, if, if Cena can win the WWE title and then The Undertaker says, I'm not done, I want the title, and then he says, okay, but if you don't get the title, you retire, then I'm happy because we'll get a big payoff next year. You can make it 
a, a big match, a Hell in a Cell, a brutal match, something like that. Mm. Maybe not o- a bit OT. That Hell in a Cell might be a bit OT. Inferno OT match. <laughs> yeah, anything. Casket match, because that's not too brutal. Yeah. Um, but in the end, um, I think we're both in agreement that he's going to be back next year, and I'm not actually annoyed that if he is. Would you have preferred to have seen Biker Taker come back? For what's just happened, and the fact that it might be next year, no. Mm. But I'm still confused as to the symbolism of all of his gear being in the ring and then it being hit by lightning and then not being in the ring. And I'm just kind of like... Yeah, that would have been the perfect opportunity what? to bring back Biker Taker when they did that. As if to say, look, Dead Man Taker's gone... Then have the old dead man walk in. You're gonna. Well, that's what I kind of thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna like. He was gonna ha- start having his entrance, like with the music, and then it was just gonna kick into Biker Taker. But mm. it just still made me laugh that somewhere through that, Cena must have been walking back to the ring because obviously he was he was like nearly at the stage when Cena was entering, and it was just kind of like, oh shit, I've got to go get in the ring. I mean, it would have, it, would, it could have looked good if he was backing up into sort of like fright. Yeah, which he didn't really do. No, um, just sort of saw him at the top of the ramp, and then he was in the ring all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, let's go on to the return of Daniel Bryan with Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and it was it was good. It did what it needed to do. Um, Shane McMahon came out with 34 in his shirt and yes at the top. The little segment they did before this, so the little pre-recorded yes movement thing was great. Mm. I think that was really good. Um, But yeah, his first match since 2015. um, We obviously knew that it was going to be Shane um, starting in the ring and they sold everything really well that Kevin and Sammy were heels. They took out Daniel Bryan before the match. They then worked over Shane's hernia, which he sold really well as well. Um, and then eventually he comes back in, saves... Um, uh, not Vince, Shane, <laughs> from being pinned. Um, then he gets the hot tag and he hit all of his moves perfectly. He His drop kicks, his yes kicks... Um, all of them, and in the end, he gets um, Sami Zayn into the uh, I can't remember what, what the ye- yes lock. No. Yeah, What's yes the lock. Yes lock, isn't it? The yes lock. Yeah, the yes yeah. lock. Um, and it was good. It did what it needed to do. I'm happy Daniel Bryan's back. I do kind of feel like. I didn't feel overwhelmed with it, which I kind of expected yeah. to. Yeah. Like when he when he made his return to when he made his speech, I felt happy. I felt good. Whereas this, I just kind of felt cool. He's back. Yeah, so I, 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 I wasn't I, overawed with it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, it did what he needed to do. At first, I thought they were going to troll us and have Daniel Bryan taken away, and that way, uh, Owens and Zayn would go over Shane on his own. Um, but I'm glad that Daniel Bryan did have a match, you know, he's actually back. Um, I think it's mainly being used as a match to bed him back in, um, get him comfortable in the ring. The question for me is now, where does Zayn and Owens go 
what happens with Brian as general manager? So well, many questions this, again. This, this again, smart booking from WWE because we've now got to watch Raw and SmackDown to find out. Because I think Kevin and Sammy should have a week off. I think they've done really well over the past couple of weeks, and I think that they should have a week off, go in and spend some time with their families. Then on a Raw, they either turn up and try and plead with Kurt Angle to sign them, or something happens. And I don't know whether they're gonna. I think the story should now be with Daniel Bryan that he slowly starts giving it up. Like, he doesn't just straight away go, well, I can't be general manager anymore. Mm. He just goes, I don't want to be general manager. And in the end, they start trying to book a general manager and they say that they found someone and they unveil them at some point, causing people to watch. But uh, I guess we'll see where that goes. How cool would it be to see El Generico this week? (laughs) That'd be so funny if he suddenly (laughs) turned up. And then Kevin Owens just turns up as Kevin Steen, like, fight Steen's fight, and everyone's like, Corey Graves would be the best person, because they'd be like, oh my god, it's Kevin Steen and El Generico! And, <laughs> like, oh my god, it's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn! Yeah, I think, I think you could get away with it with El Generico, and maybe have Owens go to Raw. I think Generico... Maybe, yeah. It'd just be cool. It'd just be something different, do you know what I mean? Um, next up, we had the Raw Women's Championship match, which Nia defeated Alexa, and this one I'm not sure about, but let me get into what happened. Um, really good start. Nia taking out Mickey James, made her look dominant, really good. Um, Samoan dropped her on the floor, so which she needed medical attention. Was really strong psychology match, because... Uh, Nia got in a lot of offence, but then Alexa would always seem to cheat in some way by going to the eyes or anything like that. Um, there was a twisted bliss off the top, right onto Nia on the outside. Um, and in the end, it was a Samoan drop from the second rope to pin um, Alexa Bliss. And this match went on for, I believe... Uh... 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Too long for me. I thought it was alright. I thought it started off well. You know, I had that 10 minutes, 15 seconds. you got to think about the Mickey James segment at the start. I thought it was good that she attacked James in the way she did because you saw by Alexa's face that she was intimidated by it. And maybe that helped put Alexa off of her game, which is why Jax won. I thought the in-ring work wasn't too bad. I think Jax deserves the title. I would like yes. to see Bliss win it back. Um, and again, this has left room open for a good feud going forward because we're going to have a rematch. Um, I feel like it'd be good to maybe have a stipulation in the rematch. Some, so it's not just a singles match. Um, something to try and give Alexa Bliss... Put her on a level playing field because obviously you've got Jax's size, her strength, her power. I think for the rematch, you're going to have to bring Bliss to that level. And how would you do that? Maybe a ladder match? Hardcore match. Championship ladder match? A hardcore match, yeah. Um, um, I am going to disagree in the length of the match. I think there should have been moments where Alexa Bliss got offense in, but I think there was too much for me to consider Nia Jax a monster, a a force to be reckoned with on Raw. And this might be what they're trying to step away from because she's now yeah. babyface. So that could just be me 
But at the same time, I still think people can be babyface and still be a monster, e.g. Braun. So therefore, well, he's kind of that grey area. But at the same time, I still think they could have had Nia Jax really get her comeuppance, really put over this bully that she's had and just be done with it. But, yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, let us know whether you guys thought 10 minutes 15 was suitable or whether you think it should have been shorter. Let's move on to the most underwhelming match of the night, in my opinion. And that was Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles. And Shinsuke has an amazing entrance. The guitar for the Alice Cooper's guitarist played with the violins in the background was amazing. It was Wrestle Kingdom. It was fantastic. AJ just had a normal entrance. And it was boring. Everyone was like, yeah, it was a good technical match, but it's WWE. Yeah. You need to have more on it. I think it was only boring because the crowd just... The crowd were exhausted, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, It just seemed like a bit of a struggle, really. Like like I said to you guys last night, the crowd didn't really know who who they were meant to be cheering and who they were meant to be booing. Um... Which is why the outcome of the match is so great. Because now we have a clear heel and a clear face. And, you know, now going into the next match, you know, there's going to be a sequence of matches, which, you know, when we spoke about it beforehand, I did say to you, I think AJ's going to win this and we're going to have a sequence of matches. Um, Kind of like Okada, Omega. Yeah. Like when they did three matches, yeah. I could agree with that, yeah. Um... Where does the next match take place? Is it a SummerSlam? Yeah, do they try and get to the payoff at SummerSlam? I think the payoff should be SummerSlam because the thing is with WWE is if you book too long, and the thing the the problem is, you have to do it one of the big four. Yeah. And you can't do it at Survivor Series because it's Raw versus SmackDown, and I think Rum- Royal Rumble will be way too far for people to still care. Um, my thing with this match was, yes, the crowd didn't know who to chant, but I feel like it could have been action-packed. I wanted to see both of them hitting their finishers, but both of them kicking out. I wanted it to be be a classic match. I wanted it to be that match that you look back on and you go, and you remember it for being a fantastic match with a heel turn at the end, and we haven't explained it yet. The heel turn is that at the end, Nakamura grabs the title from the ref, which the ref really shouldn't do anyway, um, and hands it to AJ, gets down on his knees, low blow, and then only one knee to face on the outside, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, but as a, if he was a proper heel, we should have done a bit more. Like It, sh- it should have been like a couple yeah. of things rather than because it was literally just low blow and knee to face that was it do you feel like it's killed Nakamura's momentum a little bit yes and I tweeted this out last night and I think it has and it hasn't I think if they'd done a better job even afterwards I think if he'd done it either a bit quicker or got some more in I think he would have been elevated a bit more but it's it's going to be another kind of Bobby Roode thing, where even yeah. if he is heel, 
people are still going to chant for him. Because just because it sounds good. Yeah, this I mean, is... I, 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 to be a heel, you need to be able to get over on the mic and piss people off with your vocal skills. Has Nakamura got that? No. I've just got to think it's going to be a lot of loud shouting. Yeah. Um, this was the longest match on the card. Uh, sorry, the second longest match on the cards. 20 minutes and 20 seconds. I would have happily took a 20-minute match if it was good, but I don't think it was, and... Yeah, I, I just feel very underwhelmed by this match, but uh, hopefully it'll pay off in the end. So, let's move on to Braun. Um, so, Shoma Cesaro came out there like a Marcy Gras entrance. Braun comes out, chucks their float away, because why not? It's Braun. Gets into the ring. They go to start the match. So, the bell even ring. Oh, no, the bell doesn't ring. But they announce Sheamus and Cesaro. Then they announce Braun. Braun takes the mic and goes, My partner isn't in the back. It's one of you. And then he searches for people <laughs> for, through the crowd. We end up seeing NXT stars, including No Way Jose, in which I kind of thought, hold up. Um, A lot of indie and, stars in the background as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then in the end, it's... a. a 10, 11 year old child called Nicholas, who we have now found out is the son of referee who mm-hmm. works for the Raw brand, Jonathan Cohn. Yep, and he refereed that match, if I'm not, if I'm correct, as well. Oh, that's even worse. That's know. even worse. I just... No, <laughs> we. I think, we, but we were both on the same. So I think everyone was on the same wavelength. They thought, "All oh, right, must be a Make a Wish child. This is really good. What they're doing. This is fantastic." It was a four-minute match. Nicholas actually got tagged in, then tagged back out again. And in <laughs> in the end, yeah. He was shaking like a shitting dog on the apron, wasn't he? <laughs> I honestly thought he might wet himself. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? Right, and this is going to be the worst comment I'll ever make in my life I have that never way. wanted a child to have terminal cancer more in my life than I did last night when he got pulled out of the crowd I thought, <laughs> I thought he has got to be a make a wish child he has yeah. to be how can you do this I can't believe they have done this like honestly was... with the Smackdown live tag team title match earlier in the night and that it has completely murdered the tag team division in WWE in my opinion. You've got so many great teams. The Usos, New Day, uh, The Revival, you've got AOP, you've got so many down in NXT, you've got The Club, and yet we're tag- our tag team champions are two men who like foam hammers and Braun Strowman and a kid called Nicholas. The thing is though, where I- I'm presuming we're going to have to tune in on Raw this week, because I'm presuming... Because you can't carry this storyline on with a 10-year-old child. He has to lose the titles at some point or they have to start a faction and bring someone in for like they do with Undisputed Era. Um, I'm just... It, 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 I'm so confused what's going to happen, but at the same time, if it's going to get people to tune into Raw, it's smart booking. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Do you think, um, right, and this is the last thing I want to mention about it, do it. you think they could now have it where each week they'll go to Denver, Colorado, 
Minneapolis, so on and so forth. And they'll pick a kid out of the crowd each week to defend the titles with Braun. Well, if they're going to keep picking referee sons, no. <laughs> I mean, is Nicholas just a sort of a starting point for that? I hope not. I really hope not. Because it just... it it. I I thought it was great because it was funny. It was a a rest that everyone needed, and it was a light situation that everyone needed. But now that I look back on it and I think, how does this affect storylines? This is a little bit shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I hope it doesn't. Um, yeah. So let's move into the main event of the night: Universal Championship Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Uh, both had normal entrances um this match in the end went on for 15 minutes and 55 seconds i was deflated by this point and i i'm not gonna lie i completely zoned out so i've had to kind of go back and watch the highlights this morning um Mm. or this afternoon because i didn't get up to one o'clock um (laughs) there were chants of cm punk so that obviously and nicholas um and (laughs) beach balls and there were beach balls in the crowd so and that I saw that on Twitter. Um, this is awful. Chance came out, and it just became F five after F five after F five. Roman got a little bit of offense in. I thought they had split a blood pack over Roman's face, but after looking at everything else, nope. He actually was split open. He was bleeding that yeah. much. That is fucking horrendous. I'm sorry, but that was. That was like when they used to blade type of beating. Yeah, yeah. That was horrendous. And honestly, because I, I, I didn't really care. I was like, oh, it's PG. It's just going to be a blood pack. No, he actually fully cracked his skull. And he it, was fully bleeding past his face and everywhere. It reminded me a bit of Guerrero versus JBL at Judgment Day in 04, was it? When he hit a vein on his forehead. Yeah, yeah. Or when mm. Ric Flair did it. Or... It just... It was nice to see blood back. Yeah, but this is the thing. I don't know how much Brock Lesnar gives a shit about Roman Reigns um, Mm. to do that. But, I mean, it it played into the story. It was probably the one part of it where I was just kind of like, okay, this is a little bit real. Um, In the end, uh, they went over to the... I think it was the Spanish announce table that... uh, Roman Reigns got uh, thrown onto, um, and then in the uh, they go back into the ring, um, two count on a spear, um, they get up well, and then Roman Reigns run into one more F five, um, six mm. F fives it took, six. This the thing is that pisses me off about this is, is they built up the F five to be this move that no one kicks out of. It is the move. Why have Roman Reigns? kick out of it five times being put down <laughs> for a sixth to lose. And yeah. I'm annoyed because I don't care whether Brock goes to UFC or not. I just don't want him as universal champion. And we've been building to this for three years. Where was the payoff? I don't want Roman as champion either, though. Roman bores well, the have a, fuck out of me in the ring. I'd rather have a full-time champion than a part-time champion. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Do you know what really got to me with this match, right? And I tweeted it last night. Apart from punches and kicks, how many moves did we see? 
He saw a German suplex, an F5, a spear, a Superman punch, and a Samoan drop. Yeah. Is that all? I can't think of any other moves than that. Maybe in, I think Brock Lesnar delivered a knee at one point. And an elbow Six. to the top of the head, causing him to bleed. Yeah, but is that all that these two have to offer? Really? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I just... People say, like, oh, you know, people only don't like Roman Reigns because he's forced down people's throats. I don't like Roman Reigns because he's fucking dreadful in the ring. Do you know what I mean? How can you rely on... John Cena did it to an extent, but you'd always get John Cena pop up with a move out of the blue and you'd be like, wow, okay, fair enough. Roman Reigns, it's the same every single week. You get the powerbomb out of him, you get the Superman punch, you get a spear, Samoan drop, and that's about it. But this is the thing that annoys me, is he can have good matches, it's just they don't. No, I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you, right? And this is probably, this might surprise you. I watch every single pay-per-view. Like, I always catch up on every single pay-per-view that WWE runs. Yeah. Is that, is that it, the surprise? No. <laughs> <laughs> what I normally do, right, I'll watch the pay-per-view and I'll turn off the main event if it's got Roman in it because I'm just not interested. Fair enough. It's... I'll, I'll watch a few highlights of it, like, but I won't watch the full match. I can't invest 20 minutes, half an hour of my time into watching his drizzle. Well, before we give an overall review of WrestleMania, I sent out a tweet last night, just before I went to bed, so at 5 o'clock in the morning over here in the UK time. Um, I said, uh, reply to this, reasons why you thought WrestleMania was good or bad. Um, some of the, some of the uh, messages we had through, uh, Random Monkey UK, um, I didn't like any of the results or finishes to the matches, but that isn't what made the show bad. No match went above and beyond. Every match except the Rousey Steph match felt like a TV match. Nothing felt entertaining for me. It was the exact opposite of NXT. Um, I will disagree and agree with that. NXT was amazing, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I feel like half the matches were TV matches. The other half felt like WrestleMania matches, especially Charlotte versus Oscar. Um, Ed Thompson 318. It was all good till like the last hour or so. I think it peaked at the Rousey match. Um, so the mixed match, not just because it wasn't just Ronda Rousey. Yeah. The Raw tag team uh, title match really hurt the show. Lesnar Reigns didn't do any favors. Phil knows best. Said someone like Ellsworth should have been Braun's partner. I like that Brock won because we all thought he was done after tonight. Making Oscar tap for the first time lost. Uh, uh well, first. Making Oscar tap for her first loss was a savage call. Um, Kobe216. I enjoyed the fact that WWE is cementing Charlotte as a top female of both divisions for both rosters. And it was comments like this where I just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm starting to come around. Um, Brie, who I mentioned earlier. So, ill happiness. Um, Takeover was far better than Mania because Triple H knows what we want. Streak ending reigns, losing styles, winning... Braun and a fucking 10-year-old kid wins the championships. <laughs> Laughable. Mania sucked. Ronda was probably the best match. Well, the mixed match. Can people just stop saying Ronda? There was more than just Ronda in this match. Um, I know it was based around her, but still. Um, Sammy Blue, 18. Both tag team titles del- delegitimized. Stars uh, and Nakamura should have main evented. With Oscar and Charlotte as the co-main event. Roman and Brock were terrible. Take a Cena was pointless. I feel bad for the other women. New Day wins entrances forever. Agreed. Finn is great. Rollins is the man. The mixed match took away too damn long. 
I completely disagree with that. And it was great to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring again. Hate to see Mickey used as a sidekick, but glad the title is off Bliss. It needed a change. And very surprised Carmella was not used at all. No, I like how Mickey's played into this, but I think she can have a main event part before she retires. Yeah. Um, and I'm not I I'm not surprised that Carmella wasn't used because I think it would have been pointless and would have taken away from the streak. Um, main event sucks. So this is from Derry Nick. Fair enough. Uh, main event sucks. Opener was great. Was an unpredictable night. Great mania. I'm just trying to find some more um, positive ones. Uh, from H Y W E L Media. Huel. Media. Welsh. Yeah, probably. Um, that Oscar match was incredible, and I was very impressed by Ronda Rousey. IC title was very good, but other than that, they should have said to AJ Nakamura, do what you want. Heel turn was interesting. We'll see where it goes. Probably another wet fart. Mixed bag. Uh, you know what? Uh, what? Give me your two cents on it. If you had to sum up the card... Do it. So Love I even it. sent out a tweet last night and said first half over second half, and I I complete I still agree with this. I think the pre-show did what it needed to do. All of it was great, which we don't normally see from pre-show matches. Yeah. It made the pre-show worth watching, and in all honesty, if it was any other pre-show, I wouldn't have watched this. I wouldn't mm. have cared, but I'm glad I did. Intercontinental, great. Charlotte and Oscar, great. US, no, I look back on it, great, because it was a turn. Mixed tag, amazing. Smackdown, tag titles. We knew it was going to be something like this, but it's, it was just kind of a, let's get this out of the way. Undertaker, I'm now happy with, because I think it's smart in the long term, and I think the build to it was really good. Daniel Bryan and Shane, good, not great. And then I think from there, that's where I kind of go, nine Alexa, Bit too long for my liking. WWE Championship, bit too boring. Raw tag, bit too deflating when you kind of look at it in some ways. And the Universal, again, I just think there wasn't that moment where I kind of look back at WrestleMania and think of that moment of someone standing on the ramp, holding a title or their hand up in the air, WrestleMania fireworks go off, and we... And the match ends there. Instead, we had Brock leave the ring quite quickly. We went to some highlights. And then we ended with Roman going to his wife and then leaving. We didn't yeah, we didn't even have any celebratory fireworks at all, did we? But this was the point. This is what yeah, I got. I mean... <sighs> right. I'll, here we go. I'm going to shoot on this. Go hard, okay? People talk about NXT being a head and shoulders above um, WrestleMania. It's easy to do that when you've only got a five-match card. Yeah. You know, you had Gargano Champa, which went nearly 40 minutes. Was it like 37 minutes? You had uh, the ladder match at the start of the show, which went half an hour. When you get given that amount of time to tell a story, matches are going to be better. Shows are going to be better. You didn't get that at WrestleMania, which, in my opinion, is a downfall. I'd rather WrestleMania have fewer matches on the card and give matches more time. I think Asuka Charlotte could have benefited with more time. I feel like um, probably as well, Nia and Alexa maybe a little bit more time, even though you wouldn't agree with that. Uh, AJ Shinsky definitely needed more time. Um, But when I look at WrestleMania and I think of what a good card is, I think positive progression. 
when I look at the card and I look at each match, I think, what positive progression has each match made? Seth and coming out of that as the Intercontinental Champion, that's a positive, okay? Because the Miz can now go and have time with his kid, and we could have a really good storyline between Balor and Rollins. Rollins is going to be a great IC uh, IC champion. Um, Charlotte and Asuka, positive progression. There isn't a lot there. Where's Asuka go now? She's been made to look weak. Um, we don't, you know, what 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 does she do? Where does she go from this? This, this really hindered her. Um, Charlotte was already over. She was already the top star. So, you know, is this really a positive? It would have been better to have Asuka come to that level with her and give Charlotte a fierce competitor. Um, Jinder, positive progression. I suppose you've got him over more as a heel. Um, Rusev, as a babyface, I suppose he's going to get that sympathy now that he's lost. And I wouldn't have had him take the pinfall, but I can see why they've done it. Positive progression in the Ronda match. Ronda's been made to look great. Um, hopefully she'll get better as she has more matches. The Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, nope, there's absolutely nothing positive about that. Positive progression in the Undertaker-John Cena match. Yes. you know, Hopefully we're going to build to a match next year. Daniel Bryan and Shane. You've got the positive progression of Daniel Bryan's career coming out of it now. You've seen what he's like in the ring. We've seen what he's capable of doing. Can he get back into singles competition? Um, you know, there's positive storylines with Owens and Zayn. Where do they go? Who are they? Do they come back as their old characters? And then after that, there's not really a lot of positives at all. You know, the start of the card was brilliant, and from there it just went so downhill. Um, positive things out of the uh, Styles Nakamura match is that feud's going to drag on a little bit and we've actually got heel and face I suppose um, there's absolutely nothing positive about a 10 year old kid being Raw Tag Team Champion and there's absolutely nothing positive about still having Lesnar as a champion and absolutely nothing positive about building reigns like they have done for so long just to rip it away it just there's a lot of swerves and turns and Unpredictability, but not for a, not for the right reasons. I don't think. A lot of mixed emotions came out of WrestleMania. We had our, our favourites win matches. We had the disaster of seeing a streak go. We we hated the US title. We loved Ronda Rousey. We were disappointed at the SmackDown tag team match. We we were reminisced in the Undertaker versus John Cena. Um, we were full of hope and love when we saw Daniel Bryan step back into the ring. We were finally relieved of Alexa Bliss losing to Nia Jax. We were disappointed yet intrigued with uh, the WWE Championship. We were also envious or jealous of a 10-year-old child in the Royal Tag Team match. And overall, I think we were thoroughly let down in the Universal match. And this is why it has to go down as a classic WrestleMania. Because I don't mm. think there's been a WrestleMania like this in ages. Where you've been through so many emotions. And where storylines can carry on for WWE to go. Okay, well we're signing a new TV deal. Let's bring in some more viewership. And USA, the TV company in which Raw and SmackDown is broadcasted on must have literally been looking at that last night and gone, holy fuck, our ratings are going to go through the roof this week. Yeah, 
because people are going to want to watch. There are just a just just some a, a quick question a, a question from every single match that I can quickly put out now before we finish is that um, the Intercontinental picture we can literally just say where's it going afterwards has the Miz actually going to have some time off Charlotte versus Oscar Char- is Charlotte going to be the dominant one who's going to be who's going to take Oscar's place where do they both go now with the US title picture there's the question of okay well what happens to Rusev Day what happens to all the people in there the mixed tag match we really want to see what happens with Ronda Rousey Triple H and uh, Ronda uh, Triple H and Stephanie are they going to step away there's not many questions I can ask for the SmackDown tag match because I just feel like we're just kind of like, okay, cool, who's next? Uh, I'd imagine the Usos and the Bar might switch brands, but we'll see. Um, the Undertaker, are we gonna get? Are we gonna get? You know what happens this Raw, or are we gonna have to wait until next WrestleMania? Um, mm-hmm. What's gonna happen to Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Daniel Bryan? Um, where does Nia go from here? What who who challenges her? Could it be Ronda Rousey? Possibly, but I don't think I'd want to see that yet. Um, what happens with the WWE Championship match? Is Shinsuke and Nakamura going to have a big payoff? Hopefully at WrestleMania. What's going to happen with the Raw Tag Titles? That's all I can say about that because it's too many questions. <laughs> and what's going to happen with the Universal? And all of those are going to be what draws people in this Monday and Tuesday. I won't be watching live. I'm going to watch it the next day. But either way, I'm going to be watching with a lot more intrigue than I have since... I can't even say within the past year, I'm probably more eager to watch Raw and SmackDown than I have been now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to watch live, but I will catch up tomorrow night, and I just hope it doesn't disappoint. I really don't. Raw after Mania is always one to watch because you never know what's going to happen. Just don't disappoint this WWE, please. Um, and on that note, I think we should shall bid adieu. We've gone well over the hour mark, but this is what happens with a, with a WrestleMania like this. There was just so much to talk about. Um, me and Ben will be doing another podcast, but not on this channel. Uh, sometime towards the end of the week. Ben, how can people find you and how can they find that podcast as well? The podcast will be live on Twitch. Uh, go over to Twitch and find search the Fortune Podcast and drop us a, subs- a subscription, a like, a follow, whatever it is on Twitch. We've only just set up the channel. I've never really used Twitch before. So excuse my lack of Twitch knowledge. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be over there. We'll be live so you can come on, interact with us as we discuss what's happened on Raw and SmackDown, what we'd like to see going into the biggest Raw Rumble or the greatest Raw Rumble, whatever they're calling it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the rollup underscore report. And thanks for having me on again to talk about what's been a crazy, crazy night in wrestling. <laughs> it was uh, certainly a crazy night. Um, you can check uh, out this podcast on Twitter. It's Run In Wrestling. Make sure if you are on YouTube, you're leaving us a like, a comment. Let us know what you thought of WrestleMania, mainly. Um, because I, I really want to know what people's sort of insights are. And it's sometimes when people make a comment where I kind of see the other view and I go, yeah, you make a good point. Okay, you are uh, making an impact on my decisions. So make sure you're leaving a, a comment on YouTube. If you are on the iTunes app, make sure you leave us a rating. And I think the only way for me to end this is to quote what I said at the beginning. It was silly, it was fun, it had highs, it had lows, but one thing you could not call this WrestleMania was boring. Goodbye.
See you later. Sweet. Cheers, mate. One hour.